I had this moment when I was laying his clothes out for preschool, getting everything ready for his day and making sure his top matched his bottom and all, and he needed change of clothes. And I got to work and I did the same thing for SpongeBob. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> I am SpongeBob's mother. Yes, <laughs> you are. I'm his freaking mother. Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. So guys, uh, if I sound a little bit differently on this episode, it is because I'm recording from my house in Boca Raton, Florida, because I'm here visiting my grandmother. I like to come every six weeks. She is 95 years old, and I am just here to hang out with her. And so that's why it sounds a little bit differently than it does in my home studio. But I am so so excited for this interview that is coming up. We have our first repeat guest, Carolyn Lawrence, the amazing actress who plays Sandy Cheeks, is rejoining us with her best friend, Teal Wang, who is the color queen of the SpongeBob universe. I am thrilled because I don't know that most fans of the show really know what she did and what her job entails. Can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to see Carolyn Lawrence again. So let's get right into it. Here we go. Frankie, I'm so excited because this is the first time we're interviewing two folks at the same time, two incredibly pivotal people in the world of SpongeBob SquarePants. We have the voice of Sandy Cheeks, Carolyn Lawrence, Yay! and we also have the color queen of the SpongeBob universe, Teal Wang. Thank you both so much for being here. This is fantastic. Thank Absolutely. you. Welcome to the show and welcome back, Carolyn. Thank you. So Teal, tell us what you've done to deserve the title of color queen in the SpongeBob universe. I'm the longest, oldest, however you want to put it, running uh, person there at Nickelodeon. I think there's a handful of us. Wow. Um, but I've been there nonstop since the very beginning. Um, but even way before that, I kind of had the title. Because you are the color supervisor. So, of uh, the SpongeBob universe. Like, yes, I'm the color supervisor on SpongeBob. What does that mean? What do you do? <laughs> Like, that sounds so crazy and cool to me. <laughs> I kind of like to keep it like that. Nobody knows. This way they don't ask too many questions and I get to live my life. It's all good. Um, I, I work with the background, the, the my art director and the background painters. And basically anything that moves in a cartoon is me. So oh, cool. Whoa. the world is painted and then anything that moves, all the effects, all the characters have to be stylized color styles so that's what i do wow that's amazing okay but i know she's hi, so humble so <laughs> hi I have, I have to chime in so back in the day before computerized uh color well, yeah she was she was actually mixing the paints and choosing the Whoa. colors. no way like, right so the color of spongebob was hand created by miss teal wang see this is why we wow. have Alan here it won the Pantone color of the year. That's true. And she Whoa. is the one who she's like the mad scientist who came up with the exact yellow. Well, and you, Nick Jennings. Won. Oh, and Nick Jennings. And Nick yes. Jennings. Yes. Of so, course. yes, yes, that's true. I mean, SpongeBob existed before the computer. Right. So it yeah. All, yeah. in my office, um, I had a wall of paint behind me. Right. And I'd have little swatches and then 
we were upstairs in the building on the third floor and I had all these people that worked in the department and I would mark things up like a maniac, you know, like paint this 027 and this would be, a, everything had like a line and, a, and I'd hand it out to my painters and then they would spend the day inking and painting and they'd bring it back and I'd put little swatches in and come up. It was a lot. And wow. But it was awesome. It was really awesome. And I can remember like when the computer was introduced, I'm like, this is never going to work. Is it because you yourself are not a tech savvy person or is it because your job and the artistry of your job, you're like, it's not going to be able to translate? Both of those things. Wow. I have no well. interest in being tech savvy. So that's number one. <laughs> and the second, I really didn't think that in the beginning... The, you know, it's so different. Like if you see SpongeBob, like when it was on sale, inked and painted, which I would ink and paint right. them on sale, they look so different. There's like a hand, there's a graininess to it. There's like yeah. you see paint. Yeah. You know, there's, yes. there's differences. Whereas now it's just, it's a computer. And I thought, well, this is never going to fly. And yeah. the way Steve's genius was around this was keep painting the backgrounds. First of all, cartoons are not done like that anymore. There are no painted backgrounds like that. Right. Yeah. And SpongeBob continues to be the only holdout that is still done like that. And he's like, look, as long as we can keep the backgrounds like that, you'll be fine. Everything will be fine. And he was yeah. right. As always, he was right. So wow. yeah. That's amazing. And we've I, talked about that yeah. on the show before. It is an amazing thing that SpongeBob is still the one. And it is it Only is one. evident to me. And yeah. It, um, yeah. because of how gorgeous and how beautiful and how lush the car the cartoon not only has remained, but it's I think it's evolved into a yeah. beautiful a more beautiful, even more rich, colorful world where like you've really um, taken us to the next phase and evolution of SpongeBob and now the Patrick show. You know, like wow, is that colorful? My goodness, well, yes. unbelievable. And, and, and interesting, like Camp Coral is another one. I can remember um, sitting with Steve at, at, when he did the first movie, right? Yeah. And I was at a screening at Paramount, and it was the first time that I saw those backgrounds painted on the big, like, and it took my breath away. Yeah. Like the wow. first time I see it, like on the big screen like that, and I was, it literally took my breath away that you felt like, you were in Bikini Bottom somehow. And it's it's incredible. It's an incredible thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so lucky. I, I still, I'm you know, I've been at Nickelodeon. I, was, I actually texted Jenny to get my dates right. Jenny Monica, the yes. producer. She yes. Yes, we oh, had her on the show. Yes, she's now our VP. Yes, but yes anyway. Anyway, we, just, we talked to Jenny. She's yes. amazing. She's the she best. She was on the she show was last very week. Nervous yeah. She and I are like the same. Like we've done panels together and I get like really sometimes can get really nervous. And then I always have Vince Waller will like jump in and save me, which is what she's she's my Vince. I'm Vince today. Um, but so Jenny like reminded me like, yeah, the pilot of SpongeBob was in 1997. Right. Yep. Wow. And yep. it aired in 19. It's a long time ago. And this is my little tidbit. So aside from being the color queen, this is like you're going to get. The, the, the scoop. Ooh, the tea. So, the hot boiling tea. I was like one of the only people on the crew that had a kid. And so Cade was three years old, right? And I had this moment when I was laying his clothes out for preschool, getting everything ready for his day and making sure his top matched his bottom and all oh, and he needed to change the clothes. And I got to work. And I did the same thing for SpongeBob. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm SpongeBob's mother. 
And I went into Steve's office and I said, Steve, I had this like, I, my mind exploded. He's like, what? He goes, I'm SpongeBob's mother. And he's, and he's like, you are, you are. So I'm being the color queen of Nickelodeon because I do many other things Nickelodeon related, but I am, I, I take claim to SpongeBob's mother full on. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I love him in that way. I do love SpongeBob in that exact, I'm incredibly, you can ask anybody on any of the shows that we're doing now, the Patrick, any of them. Yeah. I'm so protective of SpongeBob to this day. You know, I like when a bad word comes, not, not that there's bad words, but when a questionable <laughs> word comes through in a pitch or I, I, I'm like, no, 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 no. Wow. My boy would not say that. <laughs> you know, and I'm like really like incredibly protective of, of not so much all the other characters, but for some SpongeBob, especially because he, I just feel like he needs a mom. He needs his mom. <laughs> What's so funny is Frank and I, we're also rewatching the early episodes of season one. We're going to watch, rewatch all of season one and fingers crossed we can go beyond that is the episode we just watched is Frankie's favorite episode, Home Sweet Pineapple. Ugh. And it's the first time we meet SpongeBob's mom and dad in, at the end of the episode. It's Harold and Margaret. And now I'm thinking, why didn't they name Margaret Teal? They just should have named Margaret oh, Teal. That's what they should have done. What? No. I, I wouldn't have allowed this. Teal no. doesn't let anyone use her name. <laughs> no. Why? When I got pregnant, I asked because I thought, oh, that would be amazing because she's the godfather to my girls. And I was like, I mean, wow. godmother. I'm the godfather? Godmother, godfather. I'm godmother. godfather. No, I'm, godfather. I'm the godfather. And she said no. <laughs> right? No. No, I'm no. sorry. That's a whole nother thing. I'm like incredibly like protective and weird about my name. Yeah, no. Wow. Is it your no, chosen name or is it your given name? No, it was it's my name. It's really my wow. name. And you just happen to become the color queen and given a I name know, right? that it's is a, little, a color. Yeah. It's like yeah. her parents knew. Her parents somehow knew. I want to know about your two relationship together. I want to know uh, you guys are have been best friends for years. Okay. Tell me the okay. tell me the whole story. <laughs> so Carolyn, you know we all know love you know Sandy Cheeks. So as a, a person on the crew in production on the show, back in the day, I'm starting to sweat now. Back in the day, <laughs> she's one of the only cast members that would make her way into production. She wanted to meet everybody and see what everybody... And Tom, obviously, Tom Kinney, because he was always there for every uh, pitch, and you know he was always there. But Carolyn was like, she wanted to meet everybody. So Carolyn, we would get so excited, right? You're working on this show that's in, you know great to work on, but now it's like starting to get famous and people is like a, a lot of excitement and in works Sandy Cheeks and we're all like it's Sandy Cheeks <laughs> you know we all we all became friends with Carolyn and then you were actually closer with Jenny Monica mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and I put together um a little bit of a Nickelodeon boxing team because I'm from New York and I used to box when I lived in New York and I loved it. What? That's amazing. Whoa. And there was a boxing gym down the street from Nickelodeon and I really wanted a box. So I put together like six or seven girls from the studio and it would rotate but there was a core. There was me and Carolyn and Jenny and, Jenny and Farnes, Farnes who was the creator of Shimmer and Shine. That's so right. Us four, and then there'd be like three or four rotating in and out along. And we did it for years. Years. Oh my gosh. And after yeah. we would box, which was awesome, 
Uh, we would go for pizza, of course. What do you do? You work it off and then you eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you two are hanging out, are you talking about work? When you're hanging out in the real world, are you talking about SpongeBob and the job? Well, there's two things. She's my best friend, right? So obviously... We we have more we have like life and children and pandemics yeah. and things. But we definitely do talk work. We definitely do. So like you know, like any job, there are things yeah. that are frustrating and you know, there's always the things that, that come up and you need to have a person that you can completely trust and know that you can vent to. Well and a lot of people don't know that even working in something as amazing as animation you can be stressed. Oh my God. I mean, sometimes Absolutely. people are like, yeah, you're it's working a job. on a cartoon. Like, Bleh. No, people don't but get it at all. They, they don't get it. So it is nice to have a sounding no, board. Like, like in the beginning, you said, what do you do? Most people don't know what I do. And then like she said, most people are like, it's a cartoon. And it is. But it's incredibly stressful because it's still production. You still have deadlines. Yep. You still have to meet And we've the heard about them on this show. They're tight. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, not everything that I do, everybody loves. It's Those days are over. It used to be like that, where whatever <laughs> I did, everybody loved. Teal. <laughs> well, in any creative field, right? Any creative yeah. field, you're putting part of your soul out there a little bit. Yes. And it's your so baby, it, like literally. Every day is kind of your baby, and so it can be hard. It can be hard when you feel like somebody's and not understanding she's that. she's the same way. We both care so deeply about everything. Like, we care about the brand, and we care about the future, and we care yeah. about respecting Steve, and we care about, we just care about all of it, all the time. There is not another show out there that I'd rather be on, honestly. Wow. And I'm, like, 30 years later, yeah. Right. Until you worked on, let's talk about this for a second, some of the earlier Nickelodeon stuff. You were on Ren and Stimpy, Cat Dog, Hey Arnold. From the beginning, those are fantastic shows. What was yeah. that experience like? Uh, you know, and what was what was the what was the vibe at Nickelodeon like at the time before and sort of after SpongeBob? Well, the vibe back then was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. You know, there was not um, you just got it was like a free for all. You could just do <laughs> People had ideas and you did them and it was great. Every every one of them, you know, working with Craig on Hey Arnold was incredible. Working on Ren and Stimpy was uh, probably had the most influence on my career for sure. Wow. I just, it, I got schooled in ways and in color and in color theory mm. and in all things creative in huge ways that, that still carry me to this day. And wow. I think Steve saw that in all the people that he brought on from Ren and Stimpy, and he knew that, and he handpicked his people, and he brought us knowing that we, you know, it was not an easy road, that Ren and Stimpy road. That was not easy, but it was really, really, it was amazing. And Steve saw something there and then brought that into the SpongeBob. Before this show, a couple of years ago, I hosted a show called Style Code Live, and I talked, I, it was all fashion and beauty, and we talked about the Pantone colors all the time. And we would sit, and we would be very excited about when the Pantone color of the year would come out, and then you would see everyone, and then Nicole Kidman was all of a sudden wearing the Pantone color of the year on the red carpet for the Emmys. I, I, we think it's a magical factory of these random elves that pick these colors, and we have absolutely no idea how it's done. But the fact that you created one is 
is so exciting to me. Tell me about your right. Pantone color of the year. Was it SpongeBob yellow? What was it called? SpongeBob yellow. Yeah. No way. No yeah. way. So when you're creating a color for a character, like, like a SpongeBob, like a Squidward, like that very interesting kind of green that you came up with, like, how do you go about doing that? Okay, so with SpongeBob, Steve came into my office and said, I want him to be a kitchen sponge, right? Yep. So obviously I thought a pink sponge, I, you know, not, I didn't want to just, here's your yellow sponge. So we tried different things, and obviously, it, you know, pink was weird and green looked sick. He did get green when he got the suds, right? He gets like a blue <laughs> yes. green. Uh-huh. So he, yeah. Great. Um, and Steve was always, he's yellow. He's yellow. He's yellow. Yeah, there's so many yellows. There's green yes. yellows. There's orange yellows. There's, there's so many yellows. So to nail that down, I can remember was weeks with Nick Jennings and swatches wow. and paint because it was before the computer. And, you know, I nailed it down with Nick, Nick and I, and then we showed it to Steve and he's like, that SpongeBob yellow. That one wasn't so hard. Actually, for me, Squidward was the hard one. Really? Well, it's a very interesting color. And Steve wasn't, he didn't, SpongeBob, he was, he's yellow. That was it. It was like, find the yellow, but he wasn't moving on him being anything other than yellow. Right. I think with the other characters, he didn't care so much. He was like, you do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So with Squidward... You know, Mr. Krabs was a given, right? Plankton was yeah. kind of a given. You were kind of a given. Um, but Squidward, you know, he was purple. I made him purple, like a kind of muted gray, purpley color. And I, there are cells of him. I have cells of him. And the internet has found cells of him. Well, <laughs> I love these stories. It appeared in an episode somewhere. I don't know. I don't know how fans find things out, but they found out about me struggling with Squidward being, and they found it. They found a cell of it. Anyway, so that was me trying to work out if he should be purple or green. And in the realm of green, like yellow, there's a million greens. Yeah. There's blue. Yes. There's, we didn't want him to be like Christmassy or right. So he's very green. He's very grayed down. He's like a, yeah. He's a mix between a gray and a green, and I don't know. The green stuck because it, it went better with his little suction things. Mm -hmm. I made his suction things purple, yeah. and that's how it turned out. But, yeah, he could have very easily been purple. Wow. That is so, so yeah, he was unbelievable. My one. He was my and, hardest and one. And when I say hard ones, we're not talking about, like, now... I can change something like in a second yeah, on a computer. Yeah. Right. Then it was like mix it, paint it, let it dry, do it again, ink another cell. Like it could take days. Remember just... the formula? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you were also comparing the, those painted experiments with like, okay, now we have to compare it to the background and how does it look in the, you know, how does it look compared to the other characters? And so there's, there's so many things that in the pre-digital age you had to do. And then tell us about Sandy Cheeks. You said it was kind of a given. Is it because SpongeBob and Squidward were more sort of surreal characters, but Sandy was almost like a little bit more realistic is what they were going for. It was She was going to be Squirrel Brown. She was going to always be the realistic one. And it's funny because now, and like you talk about me being protective of SpongeBob. Oh my God, you should see me with her. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> I'm trying to look at the characters from my, you know, first from paint, then from now computer. And now I've got to go into the CG world and get the colors right. And it's difficult. And she was my hardest because... Again, I'm so protective, and 
a lot of times in the beginning of Camp Coral, not so much anymore, but when she was, they were working her out, she was looking me too mean to me, or she was looking like she had a five o'clock shadow, and she she would call me and be like, "She's not cute enough she's yet. Gotta be cute. She's not cute <laughs> enough yet." <laughs> so yeah, so all bets are off with me and the Sandy one because yeah, it's not yeah, I'm protective of SpongeBob, but yeah, I could go to bat big time. I love it. I love that part of your job is like, well, I'm Sandy Cheeks' mom also, so I have to make sure she's taken care of. <laughs> I'm her best friend, so yes. I'm Sandy Cheeks' yes. best gotcha, friend. Gotcha, gotcha, so, yeah. gotcha. And SpongeBob's mom. Yeah. But I've got to say, the guys on Camp Carl were like so amazing about that. They wanted me in the room. They wanted me in every meeting because they wanted to know if her if she should be cuter or softer or they want they wanted all that. So that was great. Did you have a limited range of colors that you could choose from in the CG world or is it just as as crazy as oh, you yeah. can make it? Yeah, that's another problem because it's infinity. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. My job now is pretty much infinity. I can do anything on the computer. Wow. Wow. Have you discovered more new colors? Are there colors we haven't seen yet, Teal? Because I, I would like to see all the colors. So have you invented yeah, some? Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is a little tidbit for you. It, back in Ren and Stimpy, I had like behind, I think it's in my garage actually right now, but I had like this big styrofoam, like, you know, wall or whatever. And on it had little swatches of like Pantone, right? Of all the painted chips of just Red and Stimpy. So when I came over to SpongeBob, I did the same thing. And we created, Steve and I and Nick created like a palette just to keep it because it was paint. And it was not, you know, I don't know, maybe 150 colors that was mm. SpongeBob related. Mm. And so to this day on my computer, there's still this little like window in, among millions of colors, that's just SpongeBob Whoa. that has remained. I want, I want to. That's art amazing. Print that. Yeah, me Can too. It's beautiful. Yeah, please. Yeah. That's and so I try to this day, even though I have every color available to me, I still work in that little window of 150 colors. Wow. Obviously, because I have everything available to me, if I get stumped, I go out and I do whatever I want to do. But I basically really just work within that frame. To that's this day. unbelievable. Yeah. Are you the woman behind Nickelodeon Orange? You know what? Or the slime green? You know yeah. Um, no, not the slime green, but I definitely did. Yeah, I'm, I was the I don't want to claim that because somebody else will probably, but I do remember picking the Pantone for the Nickelodeon Orange yes. a thousand years wow. ago. Yes, I do. Wow. But someone else will probably take claim for that. I'm sure an executive somewhere. Is They're not on this podcast. Yeah, we're talking to the color queen today. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I remember picking that orange back, yeah. When I was a kid, I had no idea that all these jobs, all these careers were even an option. Can I tell you something? I went back to New York to visit a dear friend of mine. Oh my gosh, she's going to love that she's in the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> her husband is a her husband is a doctor, surgeon, whatever. And we were at, at dinner and he was taking they were taking me around introducing me to their friends. Mm -hmm. And they were like normal people, you know, doctors and lawyers and people with normal jobs. Boring. Okay, and go on. All, yeah. And he he told them, no, they're not boring. They're fabulous. But yeah. he, they were all like, you do what? And I, he was like, yeah. They were like, people, what? People do that? <laughs> it was completely, like, blew their minds that, they were, that th these kind of jobs actually exist.
right. So, Carolyn, questions for you. Oh, yes. The, in the actor world, when you originally made the, the, the Sandy voice, did you have a color picture to work on? Did you see Sandy in color? They did give me a picture, but I don't know that she was colored. Mm. I feel like she was outlined. Mm. She probably was. I think she was just a black and white outline. I just remember the description was that she was a squirrel, obviously. <laughs> she was a scientist, and uh, she was smart, and she liked karate. I think it, it listed those things, you know, and that she was from Texas. Um, and all I remember was I, I get excited, and when I'm excited, when I'm working, I get, I, I'm too fast. <laughs> oh. And um, all I remember is, is Steve just constantly wanted her to slow down. And I was like, squirrels are not slow. This is one thing I will fight you on. Squirrels are not slow. That's true. I cannot slow down. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, used to, he used to hold up a sign that said, slow down. <laughs> Did you? No. You didn't. It wasn't in my wheelhouse of how I felt as her. I had a really hard time. Yeah. Did you um, pull uh, ideas from actual, like, the marine life? Yeah. Did you do any, like, sort of, like, dive into the ocean? Oh, God, yeah. Steve would come in. Little Steve Hillenberg would walk into my office with these gigantic, like, massive, you know, biology books and oceanography books and, you know, surfing books. And I would sit at my desk. I still do, actually, when when I'm at work. If I'm if I'm looking to key something, I open up a book and I find a fish and I find a coral and I find what color goes with that. That's why it works so well, because it's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like if I'm doing like uh, whatever I'm keying, it's because I've opened up the page to that book of the coral reef and I'm pulling all the colors from that one specific reef. And it all works because nature kind of just does. And so I don't have to ever really worry about it. Yeah, that's exactly how I work. That's, that's amazing. Exactly it, it comes through to me. I'm a scuba diver. I spend a lot of my time under the under the water. You know, interesting oh. though. Like, it looks a lot better on your show because once you get far down in the ocean, you can't see red anymore because the the ocean absorbs the color. So the further down you get, it's basically just looks like gray. So it's really wow. nice to oh. see the actual colors that you bring to life. But um, I did yeah, not know that. look at that. Did yes, you- uh, the because the the wavelength of the water spectrum, um, the red doesn't penetrate. So that's why look it's like that. you see like if you're down there you don't see the the, the coral reefs look gray spongebob um, is so you have to color it afterwards spongebob is so iconic that teal you have created actual real life disappointment in nature is what frankie's describing he has been <laughs> disappointed in nature because yeah. it doesn't look as good as bikini bottom and you know what else i love too that i think is so interesting is that whether or not it's i don't know if this is in your background at all teal but i would love to know but like just from the advertising marketing side of things spongebob yellow is so great for marketing that nickelodeon orange is so great for like these are things that are you taking that into account when you're picking these colors knowing like well it should be iconic like it's gonna sell merchandise like is that part of what you're thinking as well when you're coming up with what works best for the show and the creativity of the show Will Frankie want a backpack in this color? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that far ahead. I don't. But, uh, you know, I, I can re- even remember working with Steve on um, merchandising stuff. Mm-hmm. When he had a say in merchandising, then yes, I did. But when I'm doing the daily, my job, my the cartoon, you know, the 11 minutes, I'm not thinking about 
Is this going to end up on a t-shirt? Maybe wow. I should. I no, but you know what's cool, you guys, I think, is the fact that the the artistry behind, like the brilliance of just letting a creative person do their art is what pops, yep. is what makes merchandising happen. And I think where a lot of companies go wrong is they're working the other direction. Yeah. They're thinking too hard about what will sell instead of concentrating on the art itself. Carolyn, last time last time you were talking to us, you talked about how the first time you saw some SpongeBob stuff at a Target was the, that's when you were like, "This show is is a big deal. This is when it's big." Teal, have you ever seen have you ever seen some some SpongeBob stuff in the wild and gone? Oh, they didn't get the color right. They did not get that color right. Ooh. Oh. Uh- <laughs> Oh, all, all the time. The time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Thank God you're not in charge of it, right? Because that would be uh, just yeah. an entire other empire of things that you would have to do. I would love to know, you know, we, we, we have continued to mention the consistency of this show, the quality at every level, at the storytelling level, the color level. Have there been small changes to those iconic colors that you guys started with all those years ago? Have there been changes in that sort of design? Where do those changes come from? Has anything changed over 20 years in the color of SpongeBob? You know, obviously things have evolved because when we started with Steve, this is like a funny thing. Like he really wanted every character, every prop to have black outlines. He wasn't like a big fan of colored ink. Right. Except for like little tiny touches, like it'll be a tongue or it would be like one line. And as the years have progressed, it's gotten more colorful where like, I think on Camp Coral, the entire, every, there are no black, there's hardly black mm-hmm. lines. Everything is inked. Mm-hmm. So it has def- definitely progressed um, and become more colorful in that way. Um, but that's the most example I could think of, the biggest example I could think of. Um, I think Patrick has more colors. It just looks like it to me. Is that true? The Patrick, <laughs> the Patrick show? Star it just show. looks like you maybe oh, you've packed oh, more yeah. into each frame. Is that possible? Okay, so that the Patrick show, Patrick Star show, definitely does have because the backgrounds are a completely different, you know, thing. It's it's watercolor. Wow. And I remember when they when Mark and Vince were coming up with this, Mark's thing was it's I want it wacky this is really Mm. wacky don't like think about this like you think through spongebob and he's like think of it like a clown car think of it like this is in patrick's brain so there's a whole lot going on and so and it was a little challenging for me well it looks great it does look great but in the beginning i was like oh my god this is clashing and this is what he would die this is hard and Mm -hmm. But it does look great, I gotta say. And actually, this show surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me too. Me too. Actually, I guess what I'm finding out with all these years at Nickelodeon, I don't like change. (laughs) And so (laughs) when change happens, I'm like, it's not gonna work. And then it worked. Teal, do you still have an iPhone 1? Have you never upgraded to it? No. Okay. Okay. I would love to ask you both um, something that is not in your job technically, but I believe that you of all of the people on the planet would know more than most. What is, in your opinion, the thing, the secret, the, the key to making a great, perfect SpongeBob story? Oh, I have one word. Yeah. In my opinion. Simplicity. Simplicity. Oh, I love that. And she took my word. Because 
We should well, have no, said it together. I, I should no. have said one, two, three. And she's right about that yeah. because on all as for for me, okay, so for, in production, the simpler shows are just such a joy to work on, right? Um, but I find them funny. I find them funny, and they have so much. They have so much heart. And so that would have been my second word heart. for SpongeBob. Heart. You know, it's, yeah. it doesn't have heart. It's a different cartoon. It's just yes. not this. It's fine, but it's not this show. So yeah, the simple stories are my favorite. But they're yeah. also that's they're so relatable. Those simple stories that we all we all have those moments all day yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. You know? And the relationships are so real. And it's that that grounding in heart that you're talking about. Like when I look at SpongeBob and Sandy, I'm like, oh, I have that person in my life. When I have to look at SpongeBob and Patrick, I have that person in my life. It's so real. I've got to just say, like, really, SpongeBob has been obviously so great. I'm just so grateful for SpongeBob in my life. But it's, it's the relationships, yeah. right, from this show. And not just with her. I mean, obviously, my relationship with her and her children and our families. But... With all of the people, it's just, it's a huge part of my life. All these relationships are huge in my life. That's what Carolyn said when we talked to Carolyn, yeah. It's incredible that this one cartoon became like so important in my life like this. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. That that I think that's part of the, and I think I said this before, that Steve's brilliance. Steve's brilliance wasn't just art. His brilliance was the, the... bringing those people together. I think it's like, a little scary. It is a little frightening how gifted he was yeah. at seeing people and because knowing. think about it. You go back in time before SpongeBob, before it, was, before it was anything. It was just an idea in his head. I think he actually saw yes. this ahead. And I really think he put people together for a specific reason, knowing an outcome. And it's a little frightening, really, if you really think about that. Right? Right. That kind of brilliance. So it really feels like a family that has been kind of etched into some sort of like stone. So great. Thank you so much for being on our show. And thank you for bringing the the love, the light and the attention to detail that you both do to your craft and to the universe that we have all come to fall in love with over the years. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, you guys, guys were awesome. Thank, thank you. you so much. We love you. This was a big day for us. Uh, you, say, you say that to all everybody. I know. <laughs> Oh my God, Frankie, that was too much fun. What a delight they both were to see their friendship like play out before our eyes was so nice. And it is wonderful that someone from the acting side did cross over and to go meet the production people and it resulted in a lifelong friendship. I think that is so, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so SpongeBob, Frankie. It's pure SpongeBob. It really is. As we've been learning, right, Steven Hillenberg, he got these people together. He recruited these wonderful people and it wasn't just to make the best creative cartoon that they could, but these people who can work together and and have now been working together in some cases for 20 plus years and that they were just so funny together so huge thanks to carolyn lawrence and teal wang for spending some of their afternoon with us it looked like they were having a good time i'm sure they're gonna keep having a great rest of their afternoon (laughs) and uh and so will frankie and i guys if you like this episode let us know get us some feedback what was your favorite part of the interview what was something that you learned that you didn't know before uh until next time don't forget to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time on spongebob binge pants bye bye guys